everybody, it's the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. I'm your host, Craig Lindell. It's been a minute. Do you remember me? Um, we are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. There are a lot of great podcasts on there, as well as podcasts here that are part of Waiting For Next Year, The Nail in the Coffin, The Dairy Brothers Tribe Cast, Cleveland and Beyond, Set the Edge, all the, the, the different things that Andy Billman does. Really good sports talk. So, I'm here to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and Anderson Varejao, which I never in a million years thought that I would be putting those two things together, certainly not in this way where we're talking about Anderson Varejao actually playing basketball games for the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2021. The dude's been basically retired for two years now, basically been retired, and he signs a 10-day contract at the end of a season that there's nothing at stake. The Cavaliers are not going to make the playoffs. It, it hasn't been a completely wasted year. We, we've been debating so many things about the Cavaliers, which is interesting because they are relatively irrelevant. So what what is there to actually talk about with the Cavaliers? But we have been talking about them. They're, the national media kind of glosses over them, which I don't blame them for, as a tanking team. And I, I take exception with that. Not that what, you know, uh, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and different people have to say about the Cavaliers matters much because they're an irrelevant team this year, but they're not tanking. The idea that the Cavaliers were tanking, uh, it was hard. You couldn't really argue that. They made, they made a trade for Andre Drummond last year. They sent him home that didn't really work out they've they've got Kevin Love and they've got all these different things but t- tanking is like going into an offseason and cutting a bunch of valuable players who were the difference between winning 50 games and winning th- 20 games there the point is that if you're going to accuse a team of tanking you have to be able to point at moves where they purposefully made themselves worse or they purposefully made themselves uh, garner more ping pong balls in the in the lottery. And the Cavaliers are young; they've emphasized playing some of these young up and coming players in hopes that they become stars. But they've not they've not really done any one thing that makes you think, oh, they just gave away ten wins, or they just gave away six wins. What, what is it that you would have liked the Cavs to have done differently to, to signal to you that they're not tanking? Like, that's, that's really what, what it comes down to. Um, what move did they leave on the table that would have made them competitive? And as long as there's no such move, it's really lazy uh, to call it a tanking team. But now, now that the Cavaliers signed... Anderson Varejao in what is so, so blatantly a minor league baseball maneuver. The guy's basically been retired for two years, hasn't played, and they bring him in on a 10-day contract for what? For what? For the, for the feel-good story, the fan service? This is why teams sign guys to one-day contracts so that they can retire in the uniform that they're most prominently known for. So Zadrunas Ogauskas 
maybe comes back, signs a one-day contract so he can retire a Cavalier. He doesn't suit up for 10 games. There's, there's a, a, a point at which you, you've taken something that should have been nice and you've turned it into kind of a joke. And by turning something into kind of a joke, you're making a mockery of your own team. And is it a big deal? Like, no, this team, this team is irrelevant. And, and it's not a big deal, I guess. Except that what it signals. This team is irrelevant. They're not competitive right now. And it's sad, but it's hard to even figure out a path to relevancy in this day and age in the, in the NBA, where star players go where they want, and, and instantaneously the Lakers go from being one of the worst teams in the league to being one of the best teams in the league. The Cavaliers go from being one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best teams in the league because of LeBron James. Um, the Brooklyn Nets become kind of a weird, middling, up-and-coming team that didn't really have any direction to being one of the best teams in the league with the, the biggest one of the biggest concentrations of talent the league has ever seen. Um, so really, what's the business plan for the Cavaliers to be back to, to successful? And I, I'm not even really sure but I know that I want to see how they react in times like these to figure out or, or to hopefully see them project themselves as a serious team that knows how to handle their business when, when there are real stakes on the line, when they are a fringe playoff team, when they are competing in the first round of the playoffs. And you, you, all those cliches from sports over the years, you practice how you play, you fake it till you make it. You, you prepare like a champion even when you're not ready to become a champion. And when I see the Cavaliers doing something so unserious and so cheesy and just generally kind of cringy as signing a classic player who hasn't played in two years for a, a, a quick song and a dance to end a, a miserable not miserable, but end a meaningless season, it, it seems gimmicky. It seems cheesy. It seems unserious. It seems like a team who doesn't really respect the, the seriousness of, of what fans want and what they want to get back to. And maybe I'm, I'm putting too much into it, and I'm, I know the other side of the equation is that give me Cavs fans just want anything fun or interesting in an otherwise dead season. And I, I kind of get that, but, you know, at what point does that stop? You know, how far is too far? And for me, having Anderson Vergeau come back and sign a one-day contract and putting his highlights, his uh, wonderful tribute video, putting him in some kind of ring of honor, whatever the Cavalier, you know, I don't think we want to retire Andy's number, but to, to put... To, to give him an honoring, uh, an honorific night on his way to retirement. That's awesome. I'd love that. That's fan service. There's a level of desperation and silliness that comes with letting the dude suit up for six garbage minutes when the Cavaliers are down by 30, where you're making a joke out of yourselves, I think. Uh, and maybe I take this stuff too seriously. Uh, wouldn't be the first time that somebody accused me of taking things too seriously, so... If I'm guilty of that, so be it. It's just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the way uh, a championship contender should handle their business. It doesn't feel like the way a future 
championship contender should handle their business. It doesn't feel like the way a, a future first round exiting playoff team should handle their business. It's just, it's, it's feels like a joke. It just feels like a joke. And I don't hate Anderson Verjao. I would, I would love to see him retire as a Cavalier. He should retire as a Cavalier. They should put a 10 minute tribute video with all his highlights and, and all the Joe Tate screaming his name and all the different, uh, that'd be great. I would love it. That's fan service. But at a certain point, the fan service goes over the top. And I, I think this is over the top. I think it's too much. And that's where I come out on it. I know there are a lot of you who disagree with me. Ultimately, uh, this is the most screaming about this that I'm going to do because it doesn't actually matter. Uh, the Cavaliers don't matter. And that's that's part of the problem. That's part of the, the poking. The, the thing that pokes at me as part of this whole storyline is, is that the team doesn't matter. The team doesn't matter. Um, the other thing, I forgot about this, and I don't want to, I want to make sure I bring this up. The, Anderson Verjao has a relationship with the fans, and that's why the one-day contract and the retirement ceremony makes a ton of sense. He never played for J.D. Bickerstaff, unless, I, unless my memory isn't working correctly. He never really played with any of these guys other than Kevin Love, right? He doesn't really have a connection to this version of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, even Larry Nance, who's been around the league a little bit longer. You know, Larry Nance is kind of like an older guy on this team. But none of these guys know Anderson Verjao. The Cavaliers can't have a full, a full arena. So the relationship was with the fans, not really this current iteration of the team. It just, it feels, it feels like re, it's being really forced. It's really forced. And I, I saw the quote from Verjao talking about how special it was for him to suit up with the Cavaliers in front of his daughter and all that stuff. And I mean, I get it. I, I understand, I understand his personal part of it. Um, it just, I don't know. It's just too much, it's just too much. So anyway, that's, uh, I'm sure you'll have other reactions, but, um, there we go. That that's it. I'll be back to talk about, uh, my take on the NFL draft. Um, spoiler alert. I I've got a, uh, controversial, not so controversial. I've got a, uh, a, a bit of a contrarian take on the whole thing, even though I like it. So, um, I'll be back with that in just a little bit. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.